about. So in Vayikra, Leviticus chapter 16, it says, It is to be a permanent regulation for you that on the 10th day of the 7th month, that is the month of Tishri, and that is tonight begins the 10th day, you are to deny yourselves and not do any kind of work, both the citizen and the foreigner living with you. For on this day, atonement will be made. For on this day, atonement will be made to purify you. You will be clean before Adonai from all your sins. It is a Shabbat of complete rest for you. That is why we do not work on Yom Kippur. And you are to deny yourselves. That's why we have started our fast, hopefully. And this is a permanent regulation. So as we enter into this most holiest day of the year, you know, I want us to reflect on the essence and meaning of this. Traditionally, it is a solemn occasion, and why would it not be? Because as each person comes to synagogue, he or she wonders, what will my fate be uh, for this next year? Will I be inscribed in the book of life? life as we have ended the 10 days of awe traditionally those are days where the books are open and as we come together on yom kippur uh, the rabbis tell us that on as we uh, enter into our nila service tomorrow night our closing service that that is when the books will be closed and things will be inscribed for your uh, for the next year and for me uh, for the next year and the solemnness of this occasion lies in the uncertainty that weighs on many hearts whether one is religious or not so it's obvious that one would want to be certain that atonement has taken place that forgiveness has been granted and each individual uh, desires that assurance in their heart of hearts and uh, as a messianic believer myself and my husband as a messianic jew have that assurance in our heart and many in this room uh, have that same assurance and it's because we have come to experience the joy of forgiveness and that's again what I want to encourage you on tonight Adonai wants you to know that joy whether you're here listening or perhaps you uh, have found our podcast and you're listening to this message God wants you to know the joy of being forgiven by him so I just want to look at a few things here, and then we will conclude with our liturgy. And the first thing is to remind us that God desires to forgive. It's his desire to forgive. Often in the prayers you have heard tonight, uh, I think we've said it tonight, but in some of our prayers, uh, may it be your will, O Lord, before you. Right. So that prayer is often said, uh, that opening to that prayer is often said during this high holy day season, may it be your will, O Lord our God, to grant us a good and a new year. Well, I am here to tell you that it is his will, that it is his desire to forgive you personally, to forgive me personally. We know that traditionally it is believed that the first Yom Kippur took place in the Sinai Desert. If we think about the, the events that took place 
in the book of Shemot, Adonai had delivered the children of Israel out of Egypt with mighty signs and wonder, and they found themselves in the middle of the desert, and their uh, infamous leader, Moshe Rabbeinu, went up the mountain. And he was up the mountain for 40 days. So they were 40 days without a leader, and they didn't do too well <laughs> without a leader. And while, they were, uh, while Moses was up on the mountain, they made a golden calf. And they took all the gold and things that they had plundered when they came out of Egypt, and they formed this calf. And God got Moses' attention and said, something's going on at the bottom of the mountain. You need to check it out. So Moshe goes down the mountain, and he finds this golden calf. And as he's coming down the mountain, he has these uh, two tablets with the Aseret Hadibrot, the Ten Commandments on them. And the story, as most of us know, he broke those commandments because he was upset and angry. How could these people who God had so miraculously and with great signs and wonder brought out of Egypt quickly forget who he is? and make a false image. And so back up the mountain, Moshe goes for another 40 days, and he intercedes, and he pleads, and he cries out. The 13 attributes of God are within this whole story. God of compassion, uh, long-suffering, patient, have mercy on your people. God was ready to just start all over with Moshe. Moshe, let me start with you, and I'll create a new people. And Moshe says, God, no. Don't blot them out. Have mercy and compassion. And it is said that all of these events took place on the day of Yom Kippur, when God forgave, as a sacrifice was made, the children of Israel. So how do I know that it is God's desire to give? Well, the first reason I know is because he established this day, this day of Yom Kippur. In his infinite wisdom, and knowledge, Adonai knew that mankind would sin and that we would therefore need atonement made on our behalf. And because God loved humanity, he provided a means of atonement through which he could extend forgiveness to each person, whether you're Jew or Gentile, whether you're male or female, whether you're young or old, anyone who would seek it God has provided atonement. In fact, when you think about it, not only the day of Yom Kippur, but the entire sacrificial system that God set up was a demonstration of his desire to provide atonement and to extend forgiveness to mankind. <clears throat> the Mishnah teaches that this, it talks about the discussion and that Rabbi Shimon ben Gamil said, there are no days as happy for the Jewish people as the 15th of Ah and as Yom Kippur. And the Gemara commenting on it says, granted, Yom Kippur is a day of joy because it has the element of pardon and forgiveness. It is a day of joy, the rabbi said, because it has the elements of pardon and forgiveness. God desires you to experience his forgiveness. And the second thing that I want 
you to know as we contemplate the joy that God wants each of us to experience is that his forgiveness is complete through the Messiah. As I said, the whole sacrificial system, including the day of Yom Kippur, uh, was set up uh, in the Tanakh, and year after year, on this holiest of day, the Kohen HaKadol would go into the Holy of Holies. That's the only time the sacrifice went into there, the Holy of Holies, and make that sacrifice. But that sacrifice pointed to a more perfect sacrifice, a sacrifice uh, that would be made by uh, the anointed one, the Mashiach. And uh, the prophet Isaiah speaks of the Messiah that was to come, and he tells us that he would be wounded and bruised for our iniquities, for our sins. That's in Isaiah chapter 53. Throughout all of the liturgy of the high holiday season, we see this theme uh, in many, many different prayers. And one prayer called Azmilifne uh, Vereshit that's been used in synagogues for, for centuries, it quotes in the middle of this prayer that line from uh, Isaiah 53, speaking of the Messiah. I'm going to read, I have the one line there, but I'm going to read uh, the stanza from this prayer. Our righteous Messiah has turned away from us. We have acted foolishly, and there is no one to justify us. Our iniquities and the yoke of our transgressions he bears, and he is pierced for our transgressions. That's straight from Isaiah. He carries our sins on his shoulder to find forgiveness for our iniquities. By his wounds we are healed, forever a new creation, the time of his creation all speaking of within this traditional Yom Kippur prayer of the Messiah who was to provide atonement. The joy of forgiveness is experienced when we receive atonement for our sins. God desires to forgive, and in that desire has provided atonement for mankind through the Mashiach so that we can know that our sins are forgiven. In the book of Hebrews, Messianic Jews in the New Covenant, it confirms what God established in the Torah and was pointing towards and fulfilled through Yeshua the Messiah. It says, but when the Messiah appeared as Kohen Gadol of the good things that are happening already, then through the greater and more perfect tent, which is not man-made, that is not of this created world, he entered the holiest place once and for all. And he entered not by means of the blood of goats and calves, but by means of his own blood, thus setting people free forever. Free forever. For if sprinkling ceremonially unclean persons with the blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of heifer restore their outward purity, this is referring to the sacrificial system, of the Tanakh, then how much more the blood of the Messiah, the anointed one, who through the eternal Ruach offered himself to God as a sacrifice without blemish, will purify our conscience from works that lead to death so that we can, be, uh, can serve the living God. Ultimate, once for all, atonement made through the Messiah. Atonement is complete. Micah, the prophet Micah says, who is a God like you? 
pardoning the sin and overlooking the crimes of the remnant of his heritage. He does not retain his angry forever, anger forever because he delights in grace. He will again have compassion on us. He will subdue our iniquities. You will throw all our sins into the depths of the sea. And he does that as he extends forgiveness through the sacrifice of the Messiah, the anointed one. Reading in Tehillim, which we recited in part of our liturgy tonight, from chapter 103. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor punished us according to our iniquities. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy towards those who fear him. And as far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgression from us. This is the joy of forgiveness. When we understand that God in his love and mercy provided atonement for us so that that forgiveness can be extended. And when we understand what that forgiveness means, it means that he has given us a clean slate, that he has, as far as the east is from the west, he has our sins. He has removed them. How? Through the atoning work of Messiah, Yeshua. Isaiah chapter 1, verse 18, Adonai says, Come now, let us reason together. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall be as wool. That is the heart of your creator, of your maker, to provide atonement so that you could experience joy on this Yom Kippur. Yes, it is a solemn occasion, but it is an occasion where we, as the, as the rabbi said, can experience the joy of salvation, of pardon and forgiveness by acceptance of what God has provided. And that leads me to our, my next point, that God's forgiveness is only secured through repentance and acceptance of his atoning work. As we indicated earlier, during this month of Elul leading up to Rosh Hashanah and the last uh, past 10 days, the Yamim HaNorim, the days of awe, have all been about searching our hearts, uh, asking God to reveal anything hidden to us, excuse me, and repenting of any wrongdoing. In ancient Israel, as the sacrifice was brought to be slaughtered, the worshiper took responsibility for his sin, for himself, uh, declaring that the offering was for his sins. And on Yom Kippur, the Kohen Haggadol would offer uh, that sacrifice on behalf of the entire nation and, and made a similar declaration of what the sacrifice was intended for. You see, acknowledge our sins has always been a part of the equation, a part of atonement. God did his part by providing that lamb, the ram, by providing the ultimate once for all sacrifice through Yeshua, the Messiah. It's a simple, simple truth, but not easy to do. God provides atonement. We have to receive it. How do we receive it? We receive it through repentance and confession and acceptance. 
So tonight, as you are here or as you are listening to this message on the podcast, God wants you to know his great love, that he brought you to hear this message because he wants you to know that your name is written in the book of life. He wants you to know the joy of salvation, and he has done his part in providing atonement for you. Your part is to confess and to accept your wrongdoing before God and to accept his provision for you through Yeshua, the Messiah. So four steps, again, simple but not easy. One, acknowledge that you have done wrong. Two, accept God's demonstration of love for you and the sacrifice of Yeshua. Three, abandon your ways, which is the essence of Teshuvah. When we, the word Teshuvah means to turn and go the other direction, so we will abandon our ways. And the fourth thing is to abide in the love of God and in his forgiveness. You will have noticed, if you have not been in the Messianic service before, for Yom Kippur and some of our prayers, we recited from the newer covenant that there is now no condemnation for those who are in Messiah Yeshua. So when we take these steps of acknowledging of our, our sins, of accepting his provision, of abandoning our evil ways, we can abide in his love without the fear and without guilt and condemnation because we are free. For those of us who have accepted his provision already and are here tonight, we are free to rejoice in that joy. We don't have to walk around with guilt and heaviness on our heart on this Yom Kippur. Yochanan chapter 3 verse 16 tells us, For God so loved the world that he gave his only and unique son, his one and only son, so that everyone, everyone in this room tonight, everyone listening to the podcast, everyone who hears this message will have eternal life. That is the heart of God. It was his desire to provide atonement, to provide forgiveness. When we accept this gracious gift of God, we are putting our trust in Yeshua and in his sacrifice on our behalf, and our names are written in the book of life. Again, I can tell you without a shadow of doubt that I know, that my husband knows, that my children know, that our names are written in the book of life not because of our righteousness, but because of God's grace and mercy, his provision for us. And we at one point in our lives said yes to that provision, and we know the joy of his forgiveness. And God wants you to know that same joy. Sephaniah chapter 3, verse 17 says, Adonai, your God, is right there with you as a mighty Savior, a deliverer, the one to provide forgiveness. He will rejoice over you and be glad. And the last thing I want to just close with, and our team will get ready to come back up, is great joy is the result of experience forgiveness. Again, that's my message, the joy of forgiveness. I want you to know the same joy that I and many other people in this room have experienced and walk in every day of our life. Why is there great joy in forgiveness? Because the weight of sin is gone. The weight of sin is gone. Again, not because we have done anything of ourselves, but by accepting God's provision, he has removed that weight from our 
hearts and spirits. And as I said, the psalmist, he's cast that sin as far as the east is from the west, and that weight is no longer on us. That brings great joy in our hearts. That's the joy that God wants you to experience. And I want to close with Tehillim, Psalm 32, verses 1 and 2. Two different translations. They both were great. How happy, joyful, blessed are those whose offense is forgiven, those whose sin is covered. How blessed those to whom Adonai imputes no guilt and whose spirit is no deceit. Another version says, how happy and fulfilled are those whose sin has been forgiven, those whose sins are covered by blood, the blood of the Mashiach, the anointed one. How blessed and relieved are those who have confessed their sins to God, for he wipes their slate clean and removes sin and hypocrisy from their hearts. Friends, the joy of forgiveness is yours to experience tonight. The joy of forgiveness by receiving his atonement on your behalf. I want to lead us in the prayer, and then the team will lead us in the rest of the liturgy. So I'd like you to pray this prayer with me tonight. I'd like to ask everyone to pray this simple prayer with me. We're going to go through those four steps. We're going to acknowledge that we have done wrong. We're going to accept God's provision. We're going to abandon our ways, make the promise to abandon, and then we're going to walk or abide in his love. So if everyone will join me here, and if you are praying this prayer for the first time tonight, please come and speak to my husband or to me afterwards because we would like to encourage you because this is the most important decision anyone ever makes in their life. And if you are listening to the podcast, there is our phone number there that you could give us a call, and we would like to also encourage you as you make this step of faith, and it is a faith step. There might be a lot of questions you still have, when we came to faith, I was very young. My husband was uh, in his 20s. There were still questions that we had, and God has unfolded and opened those and answered those questions over the years. But this will be the most important decision you have made, and it will be the best decision that you have made. And you, too, can know the joy of forgiveness and the assurance. Listen to me. The assurance that your name is written in the book of life. That's what this is all coming to tomorrow night. Will your name be written? My name is there. Your name can be there as well as you accept what Yeshua has done for you. Simple prayer, not easy to do. Let's pray this together. Adonai, I acknowledge that I have sinned and I can do nothing to atone for my own sin. So I choose to accept your atonement through the sacrifice of Yeshua. I abandon my ways. I will not continue to walk in sin. Instead, I choose to abide in your love and in your forgiveness. Amen. Thank you again for praying, for listening tonight. Again, if you prayed that prayer for a first time tonight, please talk to my husband or myself after service. Or if you have questions all about this messianic faith and the Messiah that we've been talking about, and this is all new to you, please speak to my husband or myself tonight as well. Now we're going to continue our uh, service with the liturgy. So if you will open up your books to page 